and welcome to this episode of Say Something Interesting. This is the follow-up podcast for Eastlake Tri-Cities Church. My name is Megan, and with me is our teaching pastor, Brent. Hey, everybody. Hello. Happy Thanks Labor Day. for tuning in. Yes, happy Labor Day to you. Did you enjoy your day off? I did. Yeah? Did you do anything fun? Nope. I cleaned and Great. made enchilada casserole. Nice. <clears throat> Nice. We uh, we went to the Volmers and got a chance to go swim in the pool for like an ah. end of summer sort of fun nice thing there. The kids had a great time. A it's the, the best pool is the friend's pool, <laughs> obviously and clearly. Yeah. But it was fun. It was a great weekend. I uh, had some family in town, so we did a little family barbecue as well on Saturday, Monday, Sunday. I don't know what day. It was. Cool. It all blends together. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's such a weird... I it, It's such a weird thing. I like even... I have a group on Wednesday mornings, like tomorrow morning. Yep. And my thing buzzed up just a few minutes ago. Like, don't forget to send out a text to these guys because if I don't send out a text, no, nobody shows up. That's yep, how uh-huh. this morning, these morning when you're starting. And uh, and I was like, that's not tomorrow. And then I was like, oh crap, it is tomorrow. <laughs> Everything's all messed up. Yeah. I'm messed up, man. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I'm sure as a teacher too for you, you just got back in the swing of things with like school just no, started a week really. ago. I and mean, because we good. didn't start until. Tuesday, I mean, Tuesday, last Tuesday week, right? was just freshman. Wednesday was oh, everybody. Okay. Gotcha. So like last week was weird anyway. And then this week is like different and like next week will be the, like, that's when it really starts. That's when it really gets like in the groove is next week. Yeah. So, yeah. Are you feeling like in the groove for fall at this point? Are you, I mean, like in general, not just school wise, um, but like in life, do you not, feel like it's, I don't know. Not yet. It's still been kind of yeah. like warm. How do you, like, how do you feel about this? AC running. Let me, so. let me, let me feel, get the temperature on this. <laughs> on Sunday we talked about. Um, Jacob sending out an entourage of people to go take the temperature of his brother's yeah, like uh-huh. whole thing, right? So let me get the temperature of this. <laughs> Lauren, okay, on staff here, Got it. where I left pastor, took her brother to Spirit Halloween store this okay. week. Okay. How do you feel about that? See, but I'm not a huge Halloween person. Yeah. How do you feel about it being oh. September 4th and A, those stores being open? And then B, being the type of person who goes out of the way to go to a store like that. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. In early me. September. That's fine. Don't act like that, Megan. I need you to be a little bit more vociferous about this. <laughs> I need you to be angry. I need you to be like, what the heck? Let's fire her. All this kind of stuff. Put her on leave. Paid administrative leave. It's September. Leave. It's like two months until Halloween. That's like so months, long. No, two months isn't a reasonable time if you're into Halloween. It's so not. <laughs> People are... Angry when Christmas is out before Thanksgiving. Okay, yeah, but it's still who's, out before Thanksgiving. Who's buying stuff? Now, the only thing I can think of is it has been more difficult as of late to purchase something. My wife can vouch for this. They are out of pull-ups at, uh, at Walmart. <laughs> they just don't even, sorry. They're on a ship somewhere between here and China, and we don't have them, and we are getting desperate. We are like... We're like, I don't know. I know it's hard to procure items. So perhaps yeah, uh-huh. if you were like, well, I really, really want to dress up as, I don't know, Forrest Gump this year. Uh-huh. I've got to get early because who knows how like many people. I feel like that's not a great example. That's a terrible a one. I'm, I'm trying to think of a good <laughs> totally one. Um, let's see. Like a gorilla suit. Okay. I don't think that's any better, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but you can't make that out of your own clothes. You could be Forrest Gump with okay. your own clothing. Right. Or like go to Goodwill and get like the button up shirt and the khaki pants and be Forrest Gump. Yeah, that's true. You can't really necessarily make a gorilla suit out of your own clothing. That's true. That's, I, I guess. See, my example taken. is definitely All right, all right fine, fine. <laughs> I'll give it to you. I just, when she said it, I thought that's just, I don't, I don't understand that. I don't get it. 
I don't understand. <laughs> I, I don't get it in general. Like, she's super high on Halloween. Yeah. And we were talking about it today. Like, where does Halloween rank? This is how we spend our staff meetings, yeah. by the way. Where does Halloween <laughs> really rank? Productive. Yeah, super productive. This is like the first five <laughs> minutes, right? Like, the fun time. Where does it rank in terms of holidays? Oh, okay. And it was like way up there for her. Like, I think top two, three, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, for me, like it's that. like way at the bottom. Yeah. And I said, here's the problem with Halloween. And I don't even know why we're talking about this is September. That's exactly it. <laughs> part of it. Uh, it The day rotates. So when Halloween's oh, on a yeah, Friday yeah. or Saturday, it's like, oh, it's great. It's fun. So you get to go out. You do stuff. Mm-hmm. It's on like a Tuesday. This year's on a Sunday night. Yeah. They got school tomorrow. They got they don't take the next day off for that. Yep. Uh, who's going to go out and do like a cool Halloween party on yeah. Sunday night? The I heard. So they're going to do it on Saturday, Friday before, obviously. But that's the adults, not the kids. So I've heard like people say we should like change Halloween to just be the la- like the fourth Friday of October. Of October. That would make the most Instead sense. Instead of be on like a specific date. Yes. Absolutely. I don't want to go out on a Tuesday night yep. with my kids. Well, and no one and no one like Halloween is definitely now a party holiday holiday. For it sure. isn't like yeah. the traditional like, you know, ancestor remembrance, that kind of stuff isn't really part of the American Halloween holiday anymore. Right. And so it's really just about partying. So yeah. it should be on a Friday. Always. There we go. <laughs> We're making changes here. Absolutely. Uh, good. Anything yeah. else happened this weekend? Anything else we want to... Football's no. starting, like, this week. Like... Yeah. I mean, yeah. So excited. <laughs> Eric's thrilled right now listening to this podcast. But um, just so you know, uh, we had our fantasy football draft on Sunday oh, yeah. at the church. And it went great. Because we all care a lot about that. Let me tell you about my team. Because I know you're like... <laughs> right now, you're sitting there going, Brent, tell me about your team. Glad you asked. Uh, Saquon Bar- no, I'm not going to go through that. I'm just kidding. But... Football kicks off on Thursday, which is exciting. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then it's the Dallas Cowboys, and they have been on Hard Knocks all season. That's right. Have you been watching? I've been watching every episode, and it's been hilarious. It's been <laughs> uh, it's a behind-the-scenes documentary of training yep. camp for different sports – not different sports, so different football teams each year. And uh, this year, with, with it being Dallas, Dallas Cowboys just have some – like they're just – they're the most expensive franchise – in yep. the world, uh, for sure, American sports. I don't know about some of those uh, European soccer sports. They, they're they're pretty wealthy, but uh, for sure, American sports. And they've got this massive, massive facility. This really great intro shot from a drone, like this drone shot through the entire facility in Frisco, Texas, with like all of the different practice fields and to go through. It's not that's not even where they play. This is just oh, where they practice. That's just the practice facility. Un- it's unbelievable. You should see the drone footage. <laughs> I'll try and find it and send it to you. But it's amazing. Uh, and then they have these, and they have this owner character, Jerry Jones, mm-hmm. who's kind of notoriously just a quirky, funny, weirdo dude who reminds me of somebody that I kind of used to work for. Oh, really? So um, it's very interesting. I, I texted somebody else and I'm like, dude, this is so-and-so on, I'm not going to even say who it is. Um, and he's just a weird dude who like acts like the cameras aren't there, but you know, he's loving it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Speaking of loving it, he also <laughs> bought a breakfast sandwich from what McDonald's? looked like McDonald's or Burger King, okay. one of those two, and proceeded to unwrap it. This is in the credit scene. This is the closing scene okay. of the credits. And then grabbed a salt shaker and began to pour salt Shut on his up. breakfast sandwich like a salt monster. There. There's already enough salt. Do you know on the there. sodium levels on those things? That's They're what kills you with enormous. those breakfast sandwiches. Yeah, it's enormous. It's awful. It's like yeah. I remember looking at that once because I used to love like sausage biscuits in the morning yeah. from McDonald's. Mm-hmm. So send it. It's I'm in. Best. I'm yeah. all in. All in those until you see <laughs> until you see those numbers. Content, and you're like, yeah. that's my sodium content for the week. Is that for what you're the telling month? me? Like. <laughs> 
And then he's putting it on there like a monster. What? Who puts more salt on a fast food chain anything? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was anybody who knows those stats was just watching that going, no, no. what? Do you, and, and they did it with such a way there was no volume. There was no uh-huh. music. There was nothing in the background. Uh-huh. It's just him just yeah. putting salt on there. It was great. Whoever is directing this is fantastic because yeah. I'm sure like there's other parts that it feels like Jerry Jones has kind of like written off or like the Cowboys had to sign off on something to be yeah, like, uh-huh. yeah, this is good. We can definitely show this. And then there's other parts where you're just trying to like sneaky make make <laughs> fun of a guy without like letting him know that you're making fun yeah, of the guy. Uh-huh. Um, and it's happened a couple of times in this. And so for that, it's Brilliant. been great. Yeah. yeah. Cause there's definitely parts of it. It feels like they're kind of punching with soft gloves in terms of it's the Cowboys. We're going to make them look good. We're going to do this. Yeah. They're playing connect four and they, one of them lose. Oh my gosh. So good at connect four. I bet she's really good at football too. It's like super dumb, but there's other parts that are pretty great. Yeah. So I grew, I lived in like the Metro DC area in the nineties, Yeah, which is when that was like the heyday of the Washington football team, Dallas Cowboys rivalry. Yeah. So I've always been kind of like anti Dallas Cowboys just because when you're like surrounded it's by an all easy these people, team to hate, I don't yeah. know why. Yeah. It's a star. It's, like, it's yeah. the, it's the, I don't know what it is. It's America's team, but it's like, no, you're not. Stop. <laughs> you don't even have red and white in your logo. Stop it. Did you watch any college football this weekend? Um, did you watch any, did you see any, like they had like the pictures of, of the stands, like filled with the songs playing and like all the cool, like, no, I, I didn't see any of that. No, it was I did see wild. some college football. Like my dad was watching some. So I, like I saw a little bit while I was at their house yeah. on Saturday, but that yeah. was about it. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Fun stuff. Fun <laughs> stuff. Hey, we also uh, finished up a series on Sunday. We sure did. We did uh, finish up our OMG series, a series on idolatry, and we switched our service times up this weekend. Yeah. And it was Labor Day weekend, and you guys still showed up. Yeah, a lot of and people showed up. And it was our up. biggest service in, like, months, which yeah. is ridiculous, <laughs> because Friday night – no, it was sorry. It was Saturday night. I didn't do anything on, on Friday night, but Saturday night – I'm reviewing my notes. I had sent them off on Thursday. It's Saturday. I pulled them back up and I'm, I'm looking at them and there's all kinds of college football on and, and the Cougs were playing their first home game. And I'm like, I'm trying to look through my notes and, and I have it on silent in the background. And I'm like, why am I reviewing these notes? There's going to be like 12 people here. <laughs> I'm literally telling my, like psyching myself out. Like no, this. we had like 69. Yeah, it was awesome, man. Yeah. It was so great. Yeah. Um, so between the two services, our, our biggest one in, in a while. So people like figured out 830s might be a good time. Well, I, don't I think know. some people came for nine, but they came at like. They came for both. We're going to count yeah. it for both because <laughs> people count. You know what I mean? They're we like, count oh, people, it's at nine. Count. So they walked in at like 850. Yeah, stick around. We got coffee. Like, oh, he just started talking. You're yeah, right on time. You're, just, you're fine. <laughs> you can stick around and catch worship on the next one and then yeah. leave after I start talking. We did communion on Sunday, which we is did. great. We haven't done that in six weeks because we only do it at the conclusion of a series. Yeah. So when I do a really long series, it feels like, man, we haven't done this in a while. So that's always fun to be able to do. And uh, yeah, we talked about Jacob, round two of Jacob, kind of him returning home and some of the mental games uh, going on in that, some of this, the fun social dynamics or family dynamics that were at play uh, with that sort of thing. And then this big giant wrestling match with uh, God or a God-like figure mm-hmm. or something. And uh, 
it was it was one of those you know feigned vulnerability versus honest vulnerability and um i had they even used a quote from a killer's song that I just know, came I was out impressed uh and you and i got a chance to sit in between services I know, like because, the first time in two years yeah or something. we used to do this all the time <laughs> Um, where because of the two services and there was always a gap in between, I'd get done and go say hi in the lobby to the people. You'd be tapping your, you know, tapping your shoes at the door (laughs) going like, give me a signal, like get in here. Uh, We'd go in, we'd say, all right, what went wrong? What went right? What went wrong? Uh, you know, slides, tech, there's always something to fix. Right. mm -hmm. And so, and then we'd have like a brief, give me a thoughts on, on the talk. I can't really scrap any, you know, everything, but like, is there anything with stories that are confusing and helpful? And we had a great conversation. Yeah. Mostly like, it's usually like a refining thing, not like a, like maybe we, like if if you were long, we'll like say, Hey, this section wasn't relevant or didn't really play or, um, or like, Hey, maybe try and say that thing in this way or that kind of stuff. So, and the reason it's important is we record the 10 o'clock one. That's the one that goes out on the live stream. That's the one that goes on the internet for Mm -hmm. eternity. And, uh, so I can say whatever I want at eight 30. So not eternity, just as long as we keep paying the bills, I guess. But, uh, anyways, uh, you brought up the hands full thing Mm -hmm. and, uh, the, the song is called quiet town from their newest album, which is the name is escaping me at the moment. But, uh, you killers fan. Do you like, I do like the killers. Mm -hmm. Good. Right. I was really into them in college when they were, had their like first big popularity time. So. Yeah. Um, so uh, coming back just to tie in full circle loop, um, <laughs> college football, m- the University of Michigan <laughs> okay. had their crowds in their stands and they were playing Mr. Brightside by okay. the Killers. Yeah. And then the whole crowd is singing it. And then they shut the music off and the crowd continues to sing the song. And it's just one of those like they had a ton of them this weekend. They did jump around by uh who does jump around? I'm blanking on that. I don't know, but I saw Blah. two people with stories about trampolines using that song. So, Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> but like all that kind of stuff. And that was just one of the songs was Mr. Brightside, which was kind of interesting. Yeah. But I, I do like the killers. It was in, uh, in the song, um, basically saying this small town and opioid epi- epidemic and, you know, reflecting on it and being like, I was able to escape it because I had parents who offered me a childhood that just my hands were always full and mm-hmm. I never had the reach for anything else. So. Yeah. Yeah, so good. we were talking about that idea of like having your hands so full of the love of your parents that you don't need like you and you don't want to put that down so you don't reach for anything to try and fill that yeah. gap, fill that void. Um and so when we're talking about idolatry and thinking about God, like we want our hands to be so full with the one true God that we don't need to reach for any other idol. Yeah. Um and I really like playing that into you talked a lot about like we don't we don't just let go of idols. You have to replace them. Yeah. Like there's no like just getting rid of something. Yeah. It's always going to be replaced with something else. And so that idea of like my hands can't be empty. And so what am I going to fill them with? And am I going to fill them with something that's true and real and like deep and like very loving, like God's love? Or am I going to fill them with ideas or obsessions that aren't actually going to fulfill me? Because because if I treat love like idolatry and I chase after it at all costs and do the and and have an unhealthy boundaries with my pursuit of relationships with other people, I I'm looking for something from other people that they can't with proper boundaries give me, mm-hmm. and I keep being disappointed in this. It's not enough to come to church and for somebody to be like, "Hey, you need to knock that off." Um or stop doing that. 
it's far better to say, what is it like to push you towards the question of what do you think you're looking for Mm -hmm. when you keep having, uh, like sexual boundaries that you would say are, are not like sustainable for me or not good or whatever. And I keep going out and doing my own thing and like living with regrets. But then I keep finding myself like a dog returning to its own vomit is the scriptural analogy of it, <laughs> of just going back and it's doing, really... finding the same thing or, or trying to pursue the yeah. same thing and fill, fill this square hole with this round peg. And it's just not working after time after time. So then the question becomes, what is it that I'm actually looking for? And perhaps that thing, that feeling that either like that feeling of a connection, emotional connection with somebody and or fully knownness of what you think is involved in sex or marriage or, or long-term relationship, whatever. Um, and fully loved in, in that way. Maybe that's, you're just, it's the wrong spot, right? You're, you're trying to meet a need that is not going to be met by these earthly things yeah. because no, no one person can give you that no one object no one thing that's strange worship that's idolatry right yeah and even like as a child like your parent can fill that for you for a time but as you grow that doesn't like that even that like full love of your parents isn't enough anymore yeah and so like you need to find something else and i think as a christian i would say that something else you need to find is god like that fulfillment that you need to that you're searching for you know, isn't it C.S. Lewis? Everyone has a God-shaped hole in their heart or something like that. Is yeah. that a C.S. Lewis quote? I don't yeah, know. It's a really common quote, yeah. but yeah. probably. So we're all like we're all searching for something. Um, and like where like where do we find that fulfillment? Yeah. So and I was also I was listening to a podcast um this weekend or yesterday actually about like purpose and how we all talk about, oh, we need to find our purpose, find our purpose. But really, like you can cultivate your purpose. Um, and in fact, we probably should cultivate our purpose. Um, and I was thinking about that in terms of this talk because um I think that the idea of idolatry is really like, oh, I'm going to find something that's going to completely fulfill me. I'm going to find something that's going to completely fulfill me instead of understanding, like, I need to put work into that. Mm -hmm. Like I need to find, like, I need to pursue something that will actually fulfill me, that will give me purpose. And when we're talking about like a relationship with God, that isn't, we don't just find that. And then there it is. It, it requires work from us. We need to pursue that um, and put intention into it in order to have that be the completely fulfilling thing that we need it to be. So that was the other thing I was kind of thinking yeah. about too. How about that feigned vulnerability versus honest vulnerability piece? And it has, I mean, I, I, the illustration I used was wrestling with my kids, but I imagine as a teacher, there oftentimes is probably a point where for the sake of trying to relate to these students, and, and work with them that you have to feign a vulnerability of like, let's discover this together. And you're like, I already know the answer to this, but yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, I mean, I need to act like I don't know what the answer is and we'll go look it up ourselves. Like what yeah. happens when we mix such and such with such and such, yeah. you know, uh-huh. huh? That'd be interesting. And the problem with teaching high school I'm being is cheesy they often with that see way. I know, that, I know but- I'm being cheesy with that, but like on a realistic level, like you probably, you know, where you're going to lead some some of them into that and you know like i don't know what it feels like to um be feel the involvement the emotional involvement or the emotional awareness of uh a a vulnerability like we are we are attracted to 
people who are vulnerable with us because there's a trust issue in terms of I, I trust that you're the fact that you're opening up in that way or, mm-hmm. or doing that. Um, and then uh, how that relates to like uh, we said this of God in this moment acting in a feigned vulnerability and then Jesus showing up with an honest vulnerability of like really truly experiencing pain and, and uh, disconnection from the divine and uh, setting himself at, or, 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 or uh, not playing any sort of God card or as Paul talks about in Philippians, right? Um, made himself nothing, considering himself nothing, uh, gave himself to death on the cross. I mean, that's a huge part of the honest vulnerability that comes with what Christianity, what the message of Christianity is all about hope. I don't really have, I guess I don't have a question about that. I just felt like <laughs> that was a part of it that I wish that's almost probably like its own series mm-hmm. or topic of, of discussion that I think would be at least entertaining for me. Mm-hmm. What is, what is feigned vulnerability? Cause I think I see a lot of feigned vulnerability in the old Testament of God, like acting like this is a big deal or, or, Oh, I don't know. I mean, he's working with a people group trying to like bring them into a new, you know, relationship mm-hmm. with, with the divine or something like that. And then, in the New Testament, I just get a sense that it's the honest vulnerability of Christ's incarnation, where that becomes like God's not really playing games anymore. That there's an honesty about that mm-hmm. that I think stands against some of what we see in the Old Testament. Yeah, and I think that I like I kind of see what you're saying. Like that feign vulnerability is like I know more than you, but I'm going to kind of like. I'm going to lower myself to be at your level, even though I have this higher knowledge so that I can walk you step by step through that process. Right. Whereas like the honest, honest vulnerability is I am going to completely make myself lower than Mm -hmm. you or lower with you. Like I'm going to be at your level experiencing this as you experience it. Um, And so I think that that, yeah, I like I get that. Yeah, okay. Kind of idea. Cuz when I cause when I think about like some of the Old Testament versions of God or what we see is depicted as God's attitude, right? Specifically his jealousy towards idol like other idolatrous things. So God is a jealous God, he's an angry God. He's uh, you know the commandments of you shall not have any of the gods before me and then uh, things showing up and then like the calves and uh, at the bottom of Sinai or something like that and all of a sudden that that like it's almost like he's coming across as anthropolog- uh, anthropomorphism, like I'm jealous in the way that I would be jealous, you know, jealous of Kylie, or I'm, I'm jealous of uh, I'm gonna, I'm protective in that way, and 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 I think that that's kind of a manufactured feigned thing because they needed to feel a certain way. So that's the feigned vulnerability. That I don't think it was actually. That's why I don't think that those pictures of God taking out his aggression on those people are actually true or, or, um, uh, or are, are part of his, the clearest picture of what we have. I don't think that that's, I think God even telling the Israelites to go into these other nations and destroy all of these things and, and, uh, you know, kill, kill the women and children of this people group and, and destroy everything. It's probably kind of what they needed or wanted to hear or their interpretation of what was said or a feigned vulnerability was at stake. Whereas an honest vulnerability shows up the real nature of who he is, which is as Paul would say, Christ as the icon of God, the closest thing that we can possibly get. This is the picture of honest, honest vulnerability. Yeah. But I don't know. That's yeah. probably something to be 
dived into further, but I don't, I think it's good. I think it's a really interesting <laughs> stuff. So uh, yeah. All right. Anything else? That was it. Let's sit out. All right. Oh, I was oh. thinking about ABBA as well. Oh, Which yeah, kind of goes into that the... um, feigned real, maybe, I don't know. Um, but like the nicknames that we have, like when we have terms of endearment, we off- that often signifies like a higher level of trust and yeah, um, that we have with that person that we have that endearment with. And so I was thinking about that in terms of like when we call someone a, something that isn't like their actual given name or um, or even like call like our parents not mother or father like we have different things that we call them at different times um it's that it's like an outward expression of a deeper trust with that person and a deeper relationship with that person yeah 100 percent. and that's what paul is saying i'm praying for this for you i'm praying for you to have a connection with your heavenly father creator that is personal that feels significant that feels unique that feels personal that yeah. feels like a term of endearment rather than uh an external god who exists in the universe you know what i mean mm-hmm. which is like a form of deism which is like i want you to move from deism to to even past the theism which is you know god exists he's out there but I, it's like he's interested and wants you to have wants you to make contact with him in an honest and vulnerable way. Yeah. And so. like you could walk up and be like, hi, daddy, or right. like, you know, whatever it is that like whatever phrase it is that you have with your own parents yeah. or maybe someone in your life that has that level of relationship with you of like that, just that trust and secureness of I don't necessarily have to call you by your official name because I know like we have this deeper relationship. Yeah. So that was it for me. Good. All right. We're going to jump into our something interesting. And this is the part of the episode where we talk about something that we have found interesting, something we've read, watched, experienced, and uh, kind of want to move on from from those things. And I, this week, as Eric was here, Eric came for staff meeting today, which is fun, out of town, which nice. is exciting, surprised us a little bit. Uh, and uh, I said, hey, man, I need your help. What's something interesting? I could, what have you read? <laughs> Fishing for stuff. And uh, we got on the topic of, he said, look up why Diet Coke tastes different at McDonald's. Oh, just at McDonald's it tastes different? Yeah. Uh-oh. And so, and I said, you know what's funny about that? I always feel like the ketchup, that ketchup tastes better at McDonald's than wherever else I find it. And I think it tastes better on their hamburgers than it actually does in the packets. Interesting. I'll come to that in a second. <laughs> so... Um, he, I, he said, don't take my word for it, but like, you know, here's, here's a, just Google and you'll, you'll find out some stuff. So this is from deliciably.com, which, you know, take it or leave it in terms of like official, but they are officially enough to own a website that looks pretty good. So it's something, <laughs> uh, and the guy named Jeff Bonner wrote a, uh, an article on, uh, get, getting to the bottom of why fountain diet Coke tastes better at McDonald's. Um, and he said that, uh, there is a couple of options that, you know, people have thrown out in terms of theses they say that oh they put more syrup into the mixture uh their salty food makes you thirsty and when you're thirsty things taste better or that mcdonald's has a secret contract with coke none of those three things are technically true in that way hmm. um here's what he came out with with his research because would you say that this is true like i you're probably not i don't think you're a mcdonald's person that I, much i do love diet coke from mcdonald's do you okay because yeah. i remember like there was a teacher when i was at, in college uh-huh. That's what they drank. It was Diet Coke, McDonald's, <laughs> every day, boom. Which, say what you will about your diet and, you know, how that reflects and all of yeah. that. But 
Um, here's what we do know. What's different about McDonald's Coke is they have excellent water filtration systems oh, within their facility. Okay. It's twice filtered through a high-end filtration system, which is also then for them saying you should never order a bottled water at McDonald's. Just get it from the fountain. Because the one that's coming to the fountain is probably better than the one you'd get in the <laughs> bottle, just so you know. Then they said the water in the Coca-Cola syrup are pre-chilled because cold water hoard, holds more carbonation. Okay. And so they talk about how um, even the lines in which they go through are all refrigerated. Like everything from, from the beginning to the end is refrigerated top to bottom. Uh, they also use a straw that is slightly white. This is what Eric knew off the top of his head. Their straw is slightly wider than a typical oh, straw okay. so that Coke can hit all of your taste boards more quickly and there's more carbonation that comes through Got as a it. result of it. So bigger straws. Uh, and then they deliver the syrup um, mostly to a lot of different restaurants, smaller restaurants who don't have the flow as, as, as much as McDonald's does in bags. These ones are served in stainless steel tanks that keep it cooler and fresher uh, okay. and just the rotation, constant rotation of the stuff. It doesn't sit around as long, which I guess, you know, that yeah. makes sense mm-hmm. in terms of where that's at. So all of that to say, that's probably why, uh, it is noticeably better in McDonald's than otherwise. So it made me go, I wonder if that's the same thing is true for their ketchup. <laughs> so I did some research, uh, on that. And uh, what a productive day you did, had. Yeah, super productive. <laughs> and not necessarily uh, better. I, I thought there would be something in here. That their ketchup is a uh, in-house secret recipe that you can only get McDonald's ketchup at McDonald's. Interesting. Which is why you should take their packets home with you. Yeah. They cut off a contract. It was originally done by Heinz, but Heinz would have a special way of making even McDonald's has their own recipe for what they want in their ketchup, which is not out for public knowledge. They cut off their relationship with Heinz back in 2013 because the former CEO of Burger King became the CEO of Heinz. Whoa, and so they said, yeah, they were like, nope. We're out. We're not doing that anymore. <laughs> so they do have their own recipe. So you, you're not ridiculous for taking home a McDonald's ketchup recipes because that's really the, the only packets. place you can get it. Um, and uh, yeah, so anyways, I thought that was yeah, really that's interesting. Cool. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> nice. I like yeah. it. Um, I may be really hungry. I was like. <laughs> You've mentioned McDonald's twice in this podcast. Might have to go to home. Well, probably because I was thinking about it earlier. So there you go. All right. Um, What do you got? So I have a funny tweet that I found through NPR. um, And it is by a marine biologist. He's doing some research off the coast of the Atlantic Ocean. I'm going to show Brent a picture. And I want you to tell me, who do you see in this picture, Brent? SpongeBob. That's yeah. He's got his. I saw this picture recently. Yeah, he's got a little star friend. What's his name? Patrick. Patrick. Yeah. Patrick so, next to him. Uh, this uh, scientist found a yellow, like an actual sponge, which is an actual um, uh, sea creature. And they don't usually not usually in that shape. Not usually though. in that shape. Yeah. Usually sponges are kind of weird and amorphous, but this one is a rectangle. Yes. And it is bright yellow. Yep. Um, and right next to it is a pink starfish. Um, and so he took this picture and then tweeted it out of like, look, I found look SpongeBob I found. and Patrick in real life. Um, and it just was kind of a fun, silly thing that went around Twitter. Uh, but he was saying normally sea stars actually eat sponges. So it isn't probably a friendly relationship that's yeah. about to happen. It's probably more like. That's what I heard. It eaten. was like, uh, but- <laughs> this is the pre pre photo. And then yeah. one of them is about to be eaten. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
uh, yeah. And so that is, that's just a little silly, fun thing that I found that I thought I'd share. Love so it. if you like Google SpongeBob and Patrick in yeah, real life or look on Twitter or go to NPR Strange News, um, there you have the story there as well. So love it. Yeah. Good stuff, guys. Uh, that'll do it for this week's episode of Say Something Interesting. This next weekend, it is Seahawks uh, opening kickoff weekend, and they have two 10 o'clock games. One of them happens to be the very first week of the season, which <laughs> I know sucks, guys. It really does. Here's the great news. I got great news for you. We start an 830 service for people we just do. like you. <laughs> I can promise that I can get you home. Well, depending on where you live, how far away you live, and how fast you drive. You can be on your couch by 10 a.m. If and, and still be a part of it. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So come at 8.30, uh, be a part of that. If you're not a Seahawks fan, you don't really care. And all this stuff at the very beginning was like, dude, get over it. Um, then 10 o'clock might be your best option. Um, so anyways, two options, 8.30 and 10. Uh, we're doing a standalone message. This weekend, you're going to hear from uh, a friend of mine. His name is Jeremiah Curran. He is the lead pastor at Westridge Church in St. Michael, Minnesota. He's also one of our external elders here at Eastlake. About a month and a half ago, two months ago, you heard from uh, Dave. Nelson, our other one. So just, we have two. This is, and you know, this is the second one of the two. And so uh, Jeremiah shared, I think the last two years, he's done uh, something in the summer for us. And so there's a chance for him to hear that. Uh, and then we'll be back in uh, with a new series starting on the 19th, two weeks. Uh, and that'll be our fall launch kickoff too. So make sure to mark your calendars with all of those things. We've got some fun stuff ahead in terms of some events and some community marketplace stuff, wear love opportunities. And uh, we're even going to try and get some uh, starting points and some one-on-ones on the calendar. Yeah, we're moving yeah. forward, baby. It's great. So thanks for being a part of the ride. Appreciate you guys sticking out with us this last summer. And we're looking forward to fall with you here at Eastlake. That'll do it for this week's episode. See you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.